0: blog talk radio yeah, yeah.
1: Hello, 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 hello. Good afternoon and welcome to yet another episode of the Yard of Skeptics Radio Show. My name is Clive the Cool Dude Forster and always I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Hillier the Fire Breather Sobers.
2: Today. soil <laughs> no Today. 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 Today.
3: Today. Today.
4: Today.
0: Today. Today. Today.
1: Today. 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 Don't be distracted by what just happened just now. Today on the Yard Skeptics Radio Show, we're actually talking about men and intimacy, masculinity and intimacy, the the, the connection between the two, the intersectionalities, and so on. And why is it that men have such different ideas from women on the matter of intimacy? And what exactly do we mean by intimacy? Is intimacy always physical? Is intimacy emotional? Can two men be intimate with each other? In a non-sexual way so these are some of the topics that we plan to discuss on the yard skeptics radio show this morning but before we get into that hillier tell our listeners what's in store for the grab bag this morning
4: well in store for the grab bag this morning before we come to our guests um, in fact I just want to mention that we already have in the house dr. Peter Weller clinical psychologist and he'll be joining us in a few in about 10 minutes but in the grab bag we must talk about the passing of of Fidel Castro um who died on um on the 25th of November um at the age of 96 um and it certainly has um you know set up a wave a wave of 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 various responses you know um you know sometimes sometimes I mean some of the responses have been an outright celebration, you know some of the Cuban Americans particularly in South Florida um yeah. dancing in the streets
0: Right. Um
4: you know, there are others who are more mournful. Um I think that there are others who I think are more thoughtful. Um I yes. want to take this opportunity to just mention um, one of my favorite commentaries on the passing of Fidel Castro and it's by my friend Dominic Owen Williams, who who is Jamaican. Um, like me, he has part of his heritage as Barbadian. Um, and he he recalls, you know, the tumult of the 1970s in Jamaica, before you were born, Clive, and time when <laughs> you were um, And, you know, at the center of all of this, and I'm quoting, was the supposed role of the now deceased commandante and his man on the ground, Ambassador Ulysses, Ulysses Estrada. He says, there were furious rows of my grandparents, Randa, with some seeing these men as devils incarnate and others... Of the view that they were very much with the angels. So my feelings on the day of Fidel's death are strong, if more complicated than those of my friends. And he goes on to say he's aware of Cuban history from the time of the Spanish-American War. Um, You know, he talks about you know that he succeeded um, Batista in 1959, um, while he overthrew him. And he says I grant that Fidel was an improvement on his Litany of Horror and that he made Cuba an independent voice on the world stage one that spoke up often for other countries that were emerging from colonialism. They did much more, too. The role of the Cuban armed forces in thwarting the malign designs of the apartheid regime of South Africa and Angola was one of the great services rendered to humanity. And then he says, and I'm about to wrap up, so why am I not unreserved in my praise to castro? I remember that there was an urban component to the Cuban Revolution. Men and women who faced the worst of Batista's Jews as they could not hide in distant hills. Many of these people could, would not live to see liberation. Some of them have felt that they had Fidel's commitment to a constitutional assembly to lay down the foundation of a democratic state, which of course is what Fidel didn't do. So finally, he says, um, you know, there's a debate to be had as to when Fidel decided on dictatorship, whether he was a communist ab initio, blah, 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 blah. He did establish healthcare, blah, blah, blah. But he says, so, Fidel, rest in peace. You are a singular figure of the 20th, 20th century, but I can't wholeheartedly um, with those who sing your praises. Nor can I follow the fools who see only your words. And that's exactly kind of how I feel. You know, mm-hmm. that, yes, it's complicated. I mean, I, I certainly am feeling a little nostalgic. I mean, I do recall singing that very song as part of an old school <laughs> choir for... Fidel Castro went on the occasion of a state visit to Jamaica in nineteen seventy seven and this was at Jamaica yeah. House. So, um you know, I um it's difficult for me to see Fidel in purely um I mean, even as a human right I'm a human rights man and Fidel Fidel was an enemy of human rights, you mm-hmm. know, in a lot of ways. But that wasn't all he was. You know, he was also a champion of of uh, you also champion you know, uh, you know the, 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 the developing countries and their their assault on the citadel of imperialism and colonialism, so it's, it's hard yes. for me but
5: anyway, I've right. spoken long enough. no no no
1: so and, I, agree, and I, I, I perfectly agree with that um, Yes, you know I was one of the persons who kind of commented that it, you know if Jamaicans yes. had to deal with the kind of communist dictatorship you know yes. under which um, you know Fidel had his government. We yeah. won't survive. There's no way I can imagine. And, and of course, Jamaicans were very um, romantic in their outpouring of, um, you know, mourning and, and grief with the passing of Fidel and, you know, Viva la Revolución and so on. But Jamaicans, I doubt, would be able to survive under a context in which they would have restricted access to North America restricted opportunities to dissent from the government and criticize the government and so on
4: well to some extent we had that in the 1970s it? to some extent state of emergency
1: 1970s right um, well and, 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 lack and of, access of course to imported goods i mean with right you know, well, and, and, and how did we handle that so yeah right? so i wasn't alive i wasn't alive at the time but Hillier, yeah. how did you handle that how did you make it through those hard I know it was kind of rough not being able to get cornflakes,
4: you know. But you know, one of the things that I discovered, I discovered that popcorn can make a nice cereal because of my mother. I remember making that for me, popcorn. Yes, oh, yes So but, to some extent, I mean, it was a mixed experience, lad, like, because I mean, yes. I remember people fighting in supermarket, you know, because right. those were the days of hoarding. It was the days where goods were married. You know, mm-hmm. so if
1: you wanted,
4: if you wanted, you wanted
1: salt fish, you had to buy a blue bummer soap too.
3: There we
4: go, <laughs> there we go. You know, so it was rough times. Um, I mean, certainly towards, you know, the end of the 1970s. You know, um, you know, it was, it was plain to me, you know, that the government of the day was losing or had lost control, you know, economically, yeah. politically, and indeed socially. Right. Um, you know the, place and that,
1: was that paved the way for the for the mini civil war which broke out in the, in the 80s <laughs> 19,
4: Yes, particularly well, it started before it started before 1980 but came to it, what Zenith was 1980, you know Right, I mean, and in fact I give you a joke if we could go back to the number of murders then which was considered Outrageous 800 yes. plus if we could go back to that. No, we'll be happy because we're now closer <laughs> In aggregate, to, I mean, we've actually doubled that in one year. Yeah. It might have been, you know, in the 20 teens. Double mm. that. So, and right now we're definitely well over, you know, averaging over 1,100, 1,200 per year.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
4: um, so we'd love to go back to that. So, um, but it was a pretty, pretty dread time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Michael Manley was seen as, you know, walking hand in hand with Fidel, you know, to the commanding heights. You know the economy and the mountain tops, and we was talk of five flights a day for those who never like, you know, democratic socialism, and yes. you know, and, and and honestly, I mean, there was a place for much of what Michael Manley was advocating, but it's a man in right. To, to a large extent, it was, it was implemented. Uh
0: um, right, some, right, some of right, it, right.
4: some of it was just to me symbolic manipulation. So, for example, mm-hmm. Michael Manley announced free education in 1973, but without Really addressing the fundamental infrastructure, you know, the apparatus by which you're going to do that, you know, yes. much less the funding, you know. Mm. So basically, what you ended up with was the same, um same post-colonial elitist system, you know, with a mm. perhaps an expanded base, but right. it, was, it was still very much elitist, you know. So. But yeah, wow, so wow, you know, wow. so but you know,
1: when one one thing we can all admit on uh, a, a, a yes. real icon
3: um,
1: yes. has to win. um lame or hit yeah um, real icon has to win. and
0: uh, things
1: are going to look drastically different I imagine going forward yes. for Cuba um, especially yes. Cuba the US um yes some people are optimistic some are pessimistic on the one hand yes. they there is a possibility that um, you know, Cuba will eventually relax its position on self-reliance and ultimately turn into one of the other you know, imperial standpoints or, or imperial islands um, yeah. where you know, you have the U.S. culture and U.S. influence and U.S. Yeah. tourism just flooding in and totally reshaping the culture. Yeah. Another other, I I suppose there's a possibility that um that that power might decide to double down. um yes. You know, in, in in the face of a, a guy like Trump, decide to double oh, yes. down and, and
4: <laughs> that is cut off ties
1: with, with the U.S. altogether.
0: Yeah. Well.
4: Yeah. That well, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because Trump certainly has threatened to reverse. You know, the executive orders that that um, the current President Barack Obama has already signed and issued. You know, right. to, with a view to normalizing relations. So, you mm-hmm. know, his I think his latest position is that you know, unless there are, unless Cuba, you know, accedes um, demands of the USA as to, or rather his demands, that he would reverse yeah. the, the executive orders. Will Will see how it plays out. Um, I know. Oh my hope is that you know, foreign policy is not dictated by the disaffected um, Cuban Americans in, in South Florida. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting, you not know, I must say that I discovered. I mean, I was talking with Alison last night, and she had been listening to an NPR program, and what we did, what she learned was that hawkishness towards Cuba has really been more characteristic of Democrats rather than Republicans. Mm-hmm. And indeed, yeah. during the 1960 debate, presidential debate between. Nixon and and Kennedy. It was Nixon who cautioned against taking either drastic or military action against Cuba and urging that the U.S. work through institutions like the Organization of American States. Mm -hmm. You know, um, know, but within, I think not too long after Nixon, sorry, not too long after Kennedy um, got in, that was when he had that um, disastrous bear pig's. Something which Nixon had yeah. specifically said don't do, you know. So mm. anyway, we're coming up to the first break, after which we will bring in Dr. Peter and Hopefully later on we will, will be talking with um, Owen Blacker Ellis.
1: Right. I um, think Owen Blacker Ellis is hearing us right now. I'm for some reason I'm not seeing him in the studio. I'm just going to check to ensure that he's still online. But Chiza, we'll be bringing them both in, Dr. Peter okay. Welland as well as Blacker Ellis right after the first break.
4: All right. Okay, Clive.
1: All right, so today on the Yaris Skeptics Radio Show, it's an all-Cuban playlist, either by Cuban artists or you know Cuban-inspired music. This one is Company Segundo with Juan Tanamera. Stay tuned to the Yaris Skeptics Radio Show.
6: Y antes de morir yo quiero echar mis versos del alma.
0: Guanjalaveras, guanira guanjalaveras.
3: Guanjalaveras,
0: guanira guanjalaveras. No
3: me
6: pongan en lo oscuro a morir como un traidor me pongan en los muros a morir como un traidor yo soy bueno y
0: Guantanamera,
6: Guagira, Guantanamera. Tiene el leopardo un abrigo en su monte seco y pardo. Tiene el leopardo un abrigo en su monte seco y pardo. Yo tengo más que el
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Ad Skeptics Radio Show. My name is Clive, the cool dude, forest, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Hillier the fire breather, Stober. Guantanamera, oh, Guantanamera. 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 is reliving memories from his yep. days on the All Island Choir, where he sang for Fidel when he made that state visit.
4: Boy, all the, the, the back way to back,
1: all the way back in the 18th century. When,
4: yeah, um...
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, wow, wow, wow. I tell you, I have yes. with me an encyclopedia of natural history in the form of firebreaters. So today <laughs> <on> the, <laughs> today are the skeptics made a show. We are talking about men and intimacy. Why is it that, that men are so I don't even know how to describe it. So weird about intimacy, right? Yeah. We have some different views from women. Um, mm. You know, women are always telling us, "Well, you know, I, I want to be intimate, but I, I don't want sex." What the hell does that mean, right? Well,
5: so, <laughs> before we bring in, well, before we bring in,
4: um, Dr. Well and Plaka, I just want to share an observation that I got from Dr. Karen Carpenter this morning, which, and yeah. we're yeah. hoping that she will, you know, share some perspectives later in the show. She said, well, the first problem we have is language. Lay persons use the word intimacy, quote-unquote, to mean sex. So when right. we want emotional, social, intellectual closeness and bindings, what word do we use? So let's hear what our guests have to say on that.
1: Oh, my goodness. Welcome, Dr. Peter <coughs> Weller. Welcome, Owen Blacker-Ellis. How are you two gentlemen this fine morning? I'm good enough.
5: My good, good. All right. I'm glad to
7: Excellent.
1: be intimate with people like you know. <laughs> <laughs> My Doctor, you hear us clearly?
7: Yes, I'm hearing you. Good. I'm, hearing you. I'm, good. I'm good too. I'm glad to be able to All join you. Right.
1: All right, so I'm, I'm, going start of off with, I'm going to start off with Dr. Weller. Dr. Weller, you are a psychologist and the, the founder of an organization called Carry Man. Could you... Tell us a little bit about that organization. I think the first time that we had you on, you kind of gave us an idea of what Carryman was. But could you just briefly describe what Carryman is and, and tell us about some of the, the, the discussions that you've had with Caribbean men about intimacy? Dr. Weller.
7: Sure, sure. Yes. yes. Carryman is the proper name for the organization. Sure. It's the Caribbean Male Action Network. And I think yes. that is okay. critical to highlight here. It's a network. Uh-huh. And it came out of the work being done by a lot of um, people in the region with organizations and with individual men, um, we began to realize that there was not enough collaboration and coordination. We weren't learning the lessons, sharing all insights, etc., techniques, etc. But of course, once you start talking about masculinity and working with men, you're going to have to look at gender and you're going to have to look at relationships with women. Yes. Um, so our work began to expand not only with working with men but working with men and women and looking at the issues that influenced those relationships. Yes. Yeah. I think that's an important part of of this was of this story is that it was a regional attempt. So it was in the twenty something different countries in the region trying to pull together the organizations and the individuals. And I okay. think that that level of of intimacy was a strange kind of intimacy because, as Karen Carpenter mentioned, Mm -hmm. we're talking now about a kind of intellectual, interpersonal, social intimacy that brought up a lot of territorial dynamics and transcultural, intercultural, intracultural dynamics that were very challenging. Mm -hmm. So the first issue I think that came up that is related to this and intimacy is how do how do the men across the region find a space to relate to each other when there is not the structure of a formal organization or the structure of a sport with rules and regulations and Mm -hmm. sides? How do you create that kind of intimacy? How do you create that kind of relationship that is sustainable? Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
7: that that speaks to some of what we're talking about here, which is that men don't quite understand intimacy outside of certain structures that they are accustomed to. Right. And that right. is that's Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. yes. If
4: I, I want to ask I'll ask Blacker, Boyd Blacker Ellis, you know, I, do, I mean, I read an article this morning in which the, the author says that the, one of the, 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 the main reasons why men have such a difficult time with intimacy is that men, most men are taught from an early age to be competitive that fear yes. is a sign of weakness and of vulnerability and dependence at all costs. Oh, how, how do you how do you agree with that, uh, Blacker, Or do you have a different view,
5: Blacker. I I tend to agree with that. You know that you know yeah. we are really taught. You know, I mean, I, for example, I don't think women are ever told to woman up at often Not men are told to man up.
3: <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> and
5: and and man up suggests that you have yes. to be hard and rigid yes. and. Yeah. be not too willing to to express on soft belly and to expose your yeah. your 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 true feelings and that's part of the problem with men and intimacy but yeah. the fact is i don't the way i read intimacy as an actor for example is it's about closeness
3: it's about physical yeah. yes.
5: proximity and yeah. intimate space as opposed to an arena where the audience is very far away right. and yeah. i want to contend that men are very accustomed to intimacy on the corner your bonds hold together and so on. So we're not really afraid of intimacy. What we are afraid of, mostly, I think, is public display of affection. Yes. You know, exposing the fact that you feel, you mm-hmm. feel, and just the idea of feeling is very almost, almost unmanly in in, in right. the uh-huh. context. And, and that, I think, that's where the problem really lies. You know, but I think to be optimistic, mm-hmm. I think the, the, the scenario is changing. If we yes, look yes. at, for example, the recent death of the the, 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 the JC student. I know people were very, very so awed by the fact that never brought his bell, up and cried his butt with right. and so on.
0: Yeah. And recently,
5: there's a picture of the, um, the JC winning the match against Holy Trinity and yeah. consoling the guy who was crying. I yeah. think those images are really bringing to the fore that we're getting better with this whole idea mm. of men being intimate. Yeah. Know, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, really, it's, a, it's a bad thing, but
3: the wow, truth wow, wow. is that
5: we, we're, we're told, listen, man, you have a, when she was, men, Minister Marian Hall was uh, my mama lady. So she have a song that yes. I say. "Me don't want to kiss me, nah wanna up, I don't want to my love. Right. And that, that whole idea of even in sexuality where intimacy is not supposed to be part of the package because sex means you do it to them, you mash it up, you bring right. them kill <laughs> a girl. <yeah>. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that kind well, of narrative is part of what make. intimacy a so, problem.
1: Yeah. So quite, quite a number of our guests know you as an actor, you know, playwright one of the, the, the producers of the IT and Fantasy Cat show, but a lot of our guests um, have no idea that you're a, a researcher as well. You're a documentarian, and you've done, you know, quite a bit of research on uh, masculinity, you know, expressions of Jamaican masculinity and um, so on. But mm-hmm. since you brought up the issue of, of ladies, Saw, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, I, I, and you have been in the theater space uh, as well, aren't we seeing more attempts to artistically present different shades of masculinity in, in, in Jamaica? I mean, it's not, it's almost absent from dancehall music, you know, different mm-hmm. versions of masculinity. There seems to be a singular kind of masculinity in dancehall music. Have you yeah. attempted to use the the stage perhaps? I, I know you've listened with poetry, I've listened to your points, but you know how has that been happening has um, a person has been trying to use theater and the arts to shape the way that people view masculinity um, in the Caribbean in the wider Caribbean region
5: Certainly, I don't think there's enough examples of anybody even trying to explore masculinity in that kind of a way in the theater um, yes. certainly at the com- at a stand up comic, I try as often as I can to nudge people towards you know looking at those 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 ideas and so on you know you yeah. know. You know, I, 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 you know, should men cry publicly yep. and and all those things and even how you know there's a the way in which you don't talk to a man when he's standing by the urinal, card. Right, you know, we're having also. a urinal
4: chat <laughs> this morning on my face, Yes,
5: go ahead. <laughs> you, know, <so laughs> you, you know, you know, you, the neighbor because the term you suddenly understand what they mean by neighborhood watch. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I have to warn them, Blacker, I have to warn that, that Look, there's a, there's a, there's a bother. That, that, that gay men and straight men look at this thing differently. That's what I'm discovering now. So the straight man, the code the is, you don't look. Yeah, with yeah. the gay man, I'm now advised by two of my gay friends is that you don't
1: get caught looking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see. I see. Well, so, so, so Dr. Willer, is, is there something going on with the way that we're wired? Is, is, it, is it just a... Uh, is it all nature and and nurture. What causes um, this way way that heterosexual especially In the Caribbean? Who, um, you know, I want to pick up on research. you
7: earlier. You had earlier um, discussion on on the person of Fidel Castro. Yes. Yeah. And yes. the and the demonization and the deification yes. dynamic that goes on. And the truth yes. is that right. Fidel was a demon, and he was a, a deity. He did things that were amazingly wonderful, and he did some things that were very bad.
0: Yes. Yeah.
7: The, the world is full of and, is the point I make it.
0: Yes. Okay. There was
7: one and the other. Yes. And men are many different things and many other different things. So yes. our know, wiring might predispose us say to take risks and to be more um, aggressive, etc., etc. But at right. a predisposition. It is not a prescription. Correct. And yes. we need to begin to understand that there are many different ways to be a person, yes. and people born and categorized as men can be all kinds of ways. So yes. right. let us not, yeah, don't get stuck in the, in the wiring and the nature versus nurture. We always yes. have a choice. And if it's one thing I've learned about working with men and working in gender is that human rights is about giving people a choice. Right. Um, and then coming to some I'm kind of. That choice. About what yeah. Is, yeah. Exactly. What is a healthy choice and, and so on. So, yeah. I mean, getting back to what Blacka just said, we need to send out more messages to people because our young men in particular are, are making choices and we are yeah. seeing the changes that are taking place. Some of the yeah. dancehall artists are singing songs about sharing the woman with other men.
0: Yeah. You don't uh-huh. yeah. That
7: any yeah. other time yeah. before. That, yeah. That's yeah. a different kind of dynamic, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we are seeing the changes that are taking place in terms of how men express intimacy. As Black said, when we are together and we have a space where we feel safe. Yes. And especially if alcohol is flowing, that gives us an excuse so we can yes. be socially and emotionally intimate and then afterwards say it's junk did junk as on the yes. yes. and so you can take it back. Yes. Right? And yes. you can Even protect then. yourself.
1: But even then, Dr. Weller and Blacker, the the kind of sharing which takes place is is never the kind of sharing that um, kind of touches on real substantial issues, right? Um, So, for instance, you know, I've been in relationships where, um, you know, the girl gives him a problem and, boy, you know, I I really love her and I I don't know if it's going to work and... You just don't tell men these kind of things, right? Yeah. you you yeah. kind of
0: hesitant yeah.
1: to, to yeah. share with other men. You're having relationship problems. You, you don't know what to do. You feel like you're losing this one. Um, and, and, you know, you, you still want to be in a relationship. That, that, that kind of sharing of vulnerability is rarely ever done even yeah. under the most um, amount of imbibing, right? Regardless of how much alcohol is there and, and, and how much marijuana, that kind of vulnerability is, is really ever-expressed. Is this something good or bad?
7: Well, I can tell you that I am I seeing it expressed. So I, okay. I have a perhaps a little biased perspective. I am hearing more men speaking about having friends. But you see, a lot of it has to do with somebody taking the initiative.
0: Right.
7: Yes. And this is is part of the challenge when we try to conform to this patriarchal role of the macho man. Right. You therefore cannot allow yourself to be vulnerable. But when men evolve beyond that and are willing to begin talking about how they feel, they will have friends who then talk to them.
4: Right. Right. You have to
7: try to get a multiplier effect of that. I Um, feel. There's a challenge we face, now, because as, as some men have told me, when you live in certain environments that are vulnerable and at risk for, say, gang warfare, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, yeah. you cannot afford to challenge the status quo of your posse, of your brethren, of your village, because right. you begin to put yourself on the outside of that safety network. Right. It's not am saying? And yes. if you are outside at Safety Network, the next time people come over the zinc fence or down the lane, and it is the other people, you may not be protected by your people. Yeah. You yeah. Mm. I'm to say. So yes. there's a yes. dynamic here yes. about men who are struggling to be different, to change their ways, but there are external forces yes. that are pushing you back into that, that old space. Yeah.
4: Uh, right. We're going to go to the next break, uh, Peter. Uh, we're going to continue with you, and once we finish your thought, another question that I have is whether or not straight men are, are, are less better equipped than gay men for emotional intimacy. I'm sorry we don't have any gay men on us, hoping to, but I would love yes. to hear your perspectives as to whether or not, I mean, you know, whether, whether there's some disparity in capacity. Clive,
0: right. let's go to our yes. next
4: break. I will come back.
1: Alright, stay tuned to the, the Skeptics Radio Show. This is Lou Bega with Mambo number five. See you in a few minutes.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Around the corner, the boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't wanna. feel bugs like I had last week. I must stay these talking cheap. I like Angela, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita, and as I continue, you know they're getting sweeter. So what can I do? I really bag you, my lord. To me, fun is just like a sport.
1: Welcome back to the Artist Skeptics Radio Show. My name is Clive, the cool Dude Forest, and as always, I'm joined by my co host and producer, Hillier, the Five reader, Sobers.
6: Today on the Sobers. What? Oh, All day. All day, people. I'm
1: dealing with this. All day. <laughs> I know, I know, know, know. We're talking about men and intimacy on the Yard of Skeptics radio show uh, today. And right before the break, we, we had uh, Dr. Peter Weller, who was kind of giving us his insights on, um, you know, the, the fact uh, how I describe it based on what Dr. Peter w- w- was saying was well, it's, it's kind of a catch-22, you know. Um, so there are external factors yes. which prevent. Uh, men in certain situations from being as open and as intimate right. as they could be, or sometimes as they need to be. Right. And as a result, they're faced with a decision. Either they be open and intimate, and these are the external factors, or yeah. they keep the feelings in, and then potentially explode at some other point down the line. Um, you could continue Dr. Weller, and then uh, we'll have Blacker coming in. Dr. Weller, go ahead.
7: Yes, I was saying that, that you know, in my, in my work, I'm both a yes. psychotherapist and I'm also a behavioral change consultant. So you're yes. working at the micro-individual level, you're looking at the macro-level in society yes. and communities and so on. Yes. And so I, I'm talking here now about how we try to change the, the system, change the, the cultural dynamics. Yes. And in order to do that, you have to look at the things that are working against you. Mm-hmm. So some of what is working against you, for example, is the economy and the contracting economy and the fact that men have been defined as providers and the breadwinners, et cetera, except that they're no longer able to necessarily play that role. So what you're going to have is therefore, unfortunately, some men picking up on the things that they can do that they see themselves as able to do, which are the sexual activities, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you have this, this dynamic going on, which we have to be very aware of because, if we're trying to change the things, we have to understand what are the factors, not only that, that led us to behave this way, but are sustaining us and even pushing us backwards. Right. Um, yes, uh, we have to understand that if we're going to intervene. Now, um as you led into the break, you're you asking about, you know, whether heterosexual men and homosexual men are different in terms of their abilities to be intimate. Right. Um, and again, that is going to depend on the individuals because okay. each heterosexual or homosexual is an individual person. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. what it also speaks to is what you're talking about is, is this issue of intimacy. Right. So we talk about sexual and emotional and intellectual, etc. Right. physical intimacy. Right. But we also have to look at there's a different dynamic between intimacy between men and men, men and right. women. And I would also add men and children.
4: I'd love yeah. to
7: explore That's a very
4: that.
7: very important issue of yes. intimacy that we
1: need to, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. I, I won't
7: have the time, but I'm just putting that out well, well, Yes. Well, I'm going to Blacker to respond
1: to that because is a father. Uh, i do not know if he's a grandfather as yet. <laughs> <So> <laughs> blacker is a father. And as a matter of fact, he will have to be living early in the show today to support one of his sons at an event. How yes. has it been for you, Blacker, as a father, and trying to be intimate with your own encouraging them to be intimate with with uh um, you know their peers and and in their family amongst how has that been black I
5: think I think I inadvertently contravene certain cultural norms, certainly as a ghetto youth because yes. I think it's okay to kiss my sons. And yes. and people don't think that is supposed to be normal. Yes. Yes. In terms of what you expected to do as a as a working class man. You know yes. a, but know but I I think it's partly because I'm also getting older and I do believe that uh, <laughs> you, uh, you tend to get more in touch with your humanity and later your masculinity. So yeah. I believe that's what I But I really think that we we, we have to look at the intersection between gender, culture and the environment and oh, yeah. where you are in in, in the Caribbean, whether it's uptown or downtown, also play it into what you are allowed to do, what you're yeah. expected to do, and what can, can be seen as normal. And certainly, men are more inclined, we are more inclined to accept men across cultural and class things. We are more uh, uh, willing to accept men being intimate with children, with their grandchildren, with their sisters, and with other men. But like, but like I keep saying, the picture is changing. I think we are. It's perhaps one is one positive that uh-huh. we're influenced by North America, where it is It's, it's okay to hold hands with the girlfriend now, yes. and in public, and and write yeah. our love song, and so on. So, I really believe that the picture is changing. That that. As definition of what makes a man, is no minimum thing where we can accept that. As my good friend Cladbuck loves to say, it's not, not easy, are, it's and also. Okay. All the years become tolerable yeah. and accepted.
1: Right. Yes. Well, since you brought in, um, you know, intimacy with, with, with women, Dr. Weller, is there a, a big difference you found in the way that, for instance, um, men and women view intimacy? Dr. Carpenter said something. It, it might be a linguistic issue on one level, um, in that the way that we use the word intimacy referred to justice. That's a first one use the word. Um, and it's certainly weird that a yeah. lot of it as well. I, I think I might have been in that paradigm at one point in my life where um, intimacy just automatically meant. Uh, sexual intercourse
0: yeah.
1: that lead to sexual intercourse how do you find that among the men that you've spoken to Dr. Weller
7: well again things are changing but I think across the region um, what we do find is that intimacy is assumed to include or relate to sexual behavior but I think as Karen has said that is about a, a linguistic thing because once you engage in a discussion you'll find that most men will acknowledge that there are other levels of intimacy Yes. But it, the primary intimacy that they, are, they anticipate for the purpose of pleasure and uh-huh. that they are expected to do to show that they are men is sexual intimacy. Right. right. Um, and therefore, the frame keeps shifted back to that, even though you yes. have to expand the discussion. Yes. Um, what men have said also, and I'm generalizing, is that in relating to women, they find that sharing of feelings. Is communicated differently. Let me see if I yeah. can say yeah. this simply. Women talk a lot. Yes. Yeah. Men <laughs> talk less. This is a generalization. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But right. women are more likely to articulate their feelings in an yeah. extended way, with a lot of examples, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. And for many men, they find that onerous. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes.
7: But of course, that is partly because they, as men, have never learned to express. Right the complexity Mm. of their feelings. So part of it is, again, about language and about expression and learning what happens. But be that as it may, the point is the lived experiences that many men feel burdened when women try to articulate and share their feelings because, A, they are not accustomed to it. They don't quite get it. And they don't think they're supposed to get it because... They don't want to be a Miss Lashy. They don't want to be somebody who's a mama man who, <laughs> yes. who's talking too much. Huh? Yes. yes, So yes. There, there are these dynamics where even when you have the awareness and the insight and you would like to make the change, there are yes. these pressures that are pushing you back in a direction that perhaps is not the healthiest. right, yeah,
4: Correct. Right, quite quite Because oh, yes, oh, I'm still, because I'm still very fascinated by by this. I mean, how we, how we construct intimacy and how we express it. Um, you know, there is a, an author I read recently who, who 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 considers that you know modern day romance, you know, has had the effect of of feminizing communication and intimacy. You know, I'm <laughs> putting men at the sort of disadvantage since they're not. They are less worthy, quote-unquote. I mean, how do you see that, Peter, and then then blacker?
7: Well, I think it speaks to what I was saying a while ago about expectations and and what is considered a desired way of being. You know, when the truth is that all of us are going to do this thing differently. And, you know, at the end of this discussion about intimacy, it is going to have to be about a discussion about whichever two people are going to be intimate. They need to get to know each other. Right. and accept each other the way they are. Right. That is true intimacy.
5: Right, right,
4: right. If you're right, still
7: right. trying to conform to a, a movie of the week, you know, a, a right. entertainment, news type of picture of what romance should look like, right. they won't have problems because none of it comes naturally to most of us, including right. men, but also even women.
4: Women, right. Okay. So, okay. so yes, yes. that, that yes.
7: narrative and that script that the media, for want of a better word, the, the literature displays to us, Yes. Is not a norm. It might be something that is as it might be something that might be enjoyed by some men and women. But right. not all men and women necessarily want that. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. And so,
1: what tends to happen at that point, uh, Dr. Weller, is that if, if you don't see yourself or your relationship living up to that Hollywood media standard of romance, you feel a false and as a matter of fact, um, you know, there might be the a variety relations where the woman or one partner, for instance, wants this particular ideal, has this very, you know, fairy tale idea of romance, and the other par- partner lacks that idea, has a totally different um, kind of um, conception of, of romance and love. And it causes friction, it causes problems. Yes. Have you ever experienced oh, anything that black
7: of course, of course, that is exactly what I'm saying. And, and yeah. it is only with, the, with a certain amount of self-reflection and self-awareness yes. do you as an individual begin to understand what you really value, what yes. the yes. world as you should value. Yes. And right. then you're able to negotiate that with your partner. But here is a challenge. Yes. Our young people do not have the age, maturity, etc., the insight and awareness to do this. And so right. they are very vulnerable so this right. media-driven narrative that gets right. in the way of genuine and authentic relationships because right. young lady right. is still waiting on the man, the knight in the shining armor on the horse right. to come and save her, and the yeah. young man is waiting for a sexy girl in skinny clothes with, yeah. with long you know, weave you know, added hair cetera, right. and such, and it wasn't natural,
0: right. to come and
7: wine on him in a fete. Right. And, and yeah. That is his idea of, of, of what he's looking for. And the two of them neither of them are real.
0: Right. Okay. Right.
7: We, we have but, a dynamic but, on, here we're talking
4: about note, some but, but, but Peter, but Peter yes. on that do you think that it is time for us to consider having in in other words to, to to institutionalize as it were, you know, intimacy training. In other words, you know, from uh, the uh, uh, sixth uh, form uh, or whatever. Uh, or you know <laughs> that you are exposed specifically to to I mean intimacy and relationships because I'm I'm for me Peter I realize that I mean if uh, for 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 most of us it's kind of trial and error and mostly error and I'm just kind of <laughs> waiting for the time has not come for us to seriously consider institutionalizing you know some kind of pedagogy you know this is how it's done Peter waiting. and then Blacker I don't want do all right to so happen.
7: so I will jump in on that one let's be yes. very clear on this yes. There has been much debate and many attempts in the Caribbean and elsewhere to have health and family life education right. in schools. This is an important component of it. And, and while it might sound, you know, you talk about lessons in intimacy, but remember we have redefined intimacy as beyond the sexual and the physical. Yes, 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 of course. yes exactly. right. So certainly that is the most important life skill for all of us to have. Right.
3: Right. And it
7: has to be shared at, in a way. That's not frivolous. It is a way that has to be very much evidence based and appropriate for the age and stage of and the people you're teaching it to. Of so course. I fully agree with you that that should be an important component yes. of our life programs, of our, yes. of our education, formal educational system, and yes. earlier primary school write up. Yes. 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 I'm with you on that one.
5: All right. Blacker. <laughs> Editor, <blacker. laughs> I just want to say, um, to come back to the what to a Hillary quoted about the, the, the feminizing of uh, and so on. My my feeling is that my view is that strongly is that no a little look, 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 look feminizing not kill nobody. Okay. And it's <laughs> whatever <laughs> we have learned to value but gender. That in, that in is in in. Value masculine gender masculine yeah. things above feminine things. And if we look at the fact that even fashion now, everything is becoming feminized. And that's okay. So we can allow the same thing with the language and with the behavior. With the understanding that, you know, a little bit of feminizing may kill killed As Shibada has done in crossing the border.
0: Right. You
5: know, here's my problem, Blacker.
4: Yes. (laughs) Here's my problem, Blacker, because okay let us say the the the, the, the 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 female, the woman who is let us say far more capable of expressing mm-hmm. feelings and so on deep feelings verbally.
5: Yeah, and women share, yeah. women share and men declare.
4: Precisely. But what I'm saying is that men may be more comfortable or more adept at expressing that same feeling physically. And the problem mm-hmm. that may arise is well, you know, if the man does so physically, the woman is, uh, you know, in response to her being verbal, is well, well, all you want is a peace. When that's yeah. not really it, it's yeah. not that like you're saying you want a peace. What you're saying is that I'd like to connect with you, I'd like to affirm or to express something. But this is why this is why I can best do it. I mean, <laughs> is there the risk of kind of, you know, miscommunication? You know, if if this dynamic is not understood, you know, and that's why I asked about the feminization. In other words, does it have yeah. to be? Does, do we have to now become monolingual in the in the way we express intimacy in a way that better suits women, or is there space for us men too? Blackout.
5: No man. It's not either or. It's and also. You have to right. embrace both sides okay. of the okay. thing. I agree but too. With,
4: with,
5: yeah.
4: mm. <laughs> that's why but I'm just wondering, to what extent are women prepared? to embrace that, that sort of bilingual intimacy. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm hoping that we can get some women to call in after one third. Yeah, and, um, actually,
1: so we have a few women in the chat room <laughs> who are commenting. And, um, yes. and we, I just saw a comment from Shanika Harris. And yes. she was saying, um, for her personally, you know, um, when men seem too feminized, it's, it's kind of a turn off. I'm going yes. to ask her to call in after the next yes. break. She could expound okay. on okay. exactly what that means. Yeah. Or
5: what's it mean? by, by feminized cars? F- for our feminized men, men have been accused of being of, of being feminized because them smell good.
0: Yeah. Yes.
5: And them clothes yeah. coordinated, color coordinated, and those
0: things. Right. Are
1: want to they people that? Exactly. exactly. Because because I'm, 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 them round them old, old men. Yes. Speaking eloquent, articulate, and so on and so on, and on. Um, you know, so so so, 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 so obviously different. What it means, the feminists. Um, and you know, right across the board, it's not seen with with, with all women.
7: Right. So well, um, it gets you know, back to it gets back to language. See, yeah. Because as Blacker said, you know, it, we use this word feminization, and what does that mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. So when yeah.
7: when we do some of the work with caravans at the community level,
0: yeah. and
7: say, for example, we bring a group of men together and we we want to work with them on the issue of gender and masculinity, we don't start with a lecture on gender and who is right and who is wrong and patriarchy. We would, for example, I was going to talk about the young people, the young men, young women in the community. What's going wrong? What are the problems? What are the characteristics that they have that they would like to change? And I'm giving yes. you an abbreviated version. Yes. But what you invariably across the region comes out is that they want all the young men to have certain characteristics that are normally seen as feminine. Right. Right? And they want the young women to become more assertive and, and take care of themselves and blah, blah, blah. Characteristics yeah. that are normally seen as masculine. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay.
7: Now, once you engage them at that level of discussion about humanity right. and character and qualities,
3: right. you
7: can get away from these labels of masculine, you know, homosexual, right. yeah. gay, straight, feminine, right. etc. And you're talking about actual real people and, and then you can begin to have solutions.
4: Right. So, you know, we
7: have to be very careful about this kind of, language that 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 is that we all use yes. without really unpacking it as we are today unpacking intimacy right and right what we really talking about in terms of what we want uh huh
0: yeah that's yeah to focus yeah i really have to run
5: but you know the, what people are saying is exactly like that the labels are, are, are what can be the problem I, mean, I forgot to get away from these labels you know feminized yeah. and masculine yeah. and so on and up everything
7: Yes,
4: yes, yes. All right. Well thank you very much, Blacker. I know you have to run. Peter, can you stay with us for another five minutes after yes. the break? Blacker,
7: good t- good hearing your voice. Yes, Peter, good. love and respect. All right. Yes.
4: We're All right, go with Blacker. next
5: break.
7: Yes. Um and, and
4: right, so we we'll, then we're gonna come back and and and, and, and after that we'll be opening the lines for particularly ladies to come in and yes. weigh in on the discussion that we are having. We'd love to want to get your perspective as well.
1: Clive? Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Excuse me. So after the break as well, you know, when the ladies start to call in, I want Dr. Weller to touch on this issue of, um, you know, intimacy between especially as it relates to things like crisis management. So I wanted to share a quick story before the break. I actually met Dr. Peter Weller one long time ago when I was a graduate student at the University of the West Indies. I was um, to the PhD program. I was yeah. a, a commuting student at Arkansas. And uh, uh, at one of these sessions Dr. Wells was a kind of discussion on um, students who might be suffering from depression, they might have suicidal thoughts or they might be grieving and
0: so on. I remember
1: just two weeks after we had the discussion I, I was due lecturing as well. I, I took over a course that um, his was taught. Alice, uh, Alice yeah. taught that so linguistics, and I took over from her. And two weeks after I had that session with Doctor Peter Weller about addressing students who are suffering from depression and grief and so on, um, a student from my own class died. Passed away. Really? And yeah, a student in 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 the class that I was teaching passed away. And when that announcement was made in class, a couple of her friends were devastated. And you know. I, I had to jump into that role of being, uh, I don't even know what, what to call it, I'm not a professional trained. I was doing a PhD in, in statistics All I could do was kind of pull on some of the, the ideas that came out of that session with Dr. Peter Weller.
3: Yeah. I'm not
1: sure if I would have done so well if it, if it was like another male student or a, another man who was a friend of mine, because I am in a situation where some of my different. friends. Gone through some really traumatic things, and boy, yeah. uh, we just stood around quiet and then went back to playing the or watching TV or whatever. So, Dr. Peter, with a to touch on, on that issue. Um, so we're going to go to the, the, the right now. This is La Familia Vera with Poroson and let Stay tuned to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the, uh, the Skeptics Radio Show. This is Clive Forster, and as always, I'm joined yeah, by mucho. my co-host and producer <laughs> the five That's so much. We're still in a very Spanish mood. I
4: um, <laughs> ah, yeah,
1: tell you, I tell you, I you. <laughs> 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 has, gone this day, um, has reverted to his Spanish roots. Sí, <laughs> sí, All right. So, and, <laughs> and I said, yeah, también. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> so it had the end. So um you know today on the Yard Skeptics Radio Show we are playing an all Cuban playlist in yeah. um in reflection of the passing of Commandant Fidel Castro. And that's what we've been doing. But today on the Yard Skeptics Radio Show, we're also talking about masculinity and intimacy. Right before the break, I'm not sure if it was too clear, my mic might have been acting up.
3: It but was. I
1: shared a personal story where I was in a situation in a classroom setting as the lecturer of the class, and one of my students had passed it, like, over the weekend, and I had to kind of run intervention on some of her friends who were devastated, who um, found out in class, and they were just you know, totally floored by this kind of revelation. And luckily, yeah. like two weeks before that happened, or, or maybe two, three weeks before that happened, um, I was in a session with no other than Dr. Peter Weller, who we are talking to uh, this morning on the Yard of Skeptics Radio Show. And in that session, he was explaining to the commuting students' advisors as well as to um, the, 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 the student advisors and so on the, um, how to handle students who are experiencing depression and grief yeah. and so on and so forth. And, and that mini-session um, kind of helped it's just that I'm not sure how successful I would have been if the, the, the crisis was more closer to home. If it was a friend, a male friend, as opposed to a student, whether or not I would have been um, able to, to, to do what I was expected to do based on the session that we had with Dr. Weller. How do you find that, Dr. Weller? Do, do, do men tend to help each other through moments of crisis? How do we
7: it. yeah it's is It'll it's, it's a it challenge.
4: you on the back and send you on your way <laughs>
7: yes, drink our yeah. rum drink our <laughs> rum kind yes. of this, you know the problem the problem is that we are we are not experienced with that and yeah. and this is where you know culture is a dynamic, so we can change culture right you know, I do a lot of work now um, with an organization called Single Fathers Association of Trinidad and Tobago, and that is okay. men trying to work with men, particularly, but also with women. Yeah. And that whole issue of how do men talk to men who are emotional keeps yeah. coming up. Yeah. And yeah. I think that. We have to understand, first of all, that even when you might feel comfortable initiating, the person you're trying to speak to may not feel comfortable receiving right. your support. Right. So there are yes. two going on there. Yes. You can certainly learn some skills about what to say and how to say it. But yes. you also have to understand that the person you're talking to may not be ready to receive it, especially when that gender dynamic man-to-man ah. thing comes yes. Yeah. yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah. One, of my, one of my comments is always, don't feel that your first attempt should be your best and only attempt. Got gotcha. you. Okay. talk to somebody and they're not hearing it the first time, back off. Yeah. yeah. don't come again. Yeah. You know, how are you doing this time? Are you feeling this or this? Right. You know, what can I do to help? Yeah. The yeah. first yeah. yeah. works, perhaps the second or third you strike gold. Yeah. But it, right. it really is a challenge for men to help men when they don't have a pre-existing relationship that facilitates it. And again, i right. get back to setting the norms. Right. If you have a relationship with your brethren, you have shared your feelings or your challenges or doubts to an extent. Right. You can't do it yes. for them to be able to do it for you and for you to do it even more when you are yes. in need. So some okay. of this is really just strategic thinking about how we set up relationships and the kind of relationships we want. It's not yeah. every brethren right. you want to have that kind of relationship with. Right. right brethren right, have right. This the a drinking room with them and saying goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <yes, yes, laughs> <yes. laughs> and then you right, have the right. ones who, well, you might really want to have like a closer relationship with and, and share some doubts and thoughts and so yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a choice, and you make a decision right. and then you do the work. It's not a yeah. magical yes. bullet that you're going to shoot. True, yeah, true, is, true. You know. But, but right. you know, funny enough, funny enough,
1: Dr. Weller, is that a lot of these other channels that you mentioned these these other channels of communication that men have whether it's on the football field at a rumbar, uh bonding over sports and that kind of thing for some men that might be their idea of intimacy it might be the way that um, they get the, the kind of therapeutic bonding after having gone through some kind of crisis or trauma so who knows yeah Right? This oh, no, hey, the, no, the, the listen, don't get me wrong.
7: Enough. I am not at all minimizing the value of, of those kinds of activities. They serve yes. a very important purpose. They are stabilizing, they bring you back to something that you're in control of, that you can predict, you know, a ball game or something. Even the right. vibes and the jiving at a bar is something that you're kind of familiar with. So when you're in crisis, yes. anything yes. that's going to stabilize you and make you feel like the whole world is not upside down. It's right. beneficial. And yeah. when right. you're familiar, it's very beneficial. Yeah. However, that emotional, you know, that, that dealing with the emotional angst, et cetera, et cetera, is not well addressed in that context. And if you yeah. need that, then you yeah. need to have that deeper relationship. And whether it is a yes. personal relationship or a professional that you go to, it's a different uh-huh. need that is being met. But certainly, the social stuff on the football field or the bar. There is yes. nothing wrong with that if that is meeting some of your needs, but yeah. it
3: may not yeah. meet at all. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I so think. Well, uh, before I uh, hear here here, Christensen has been on hold right now. In. Yeah, she, she <laughs> is one of our supporters. Yeah, a show. Um, one of my friends as well, we, we, we both lectured at the University of Technology, and she's a great student of psychology here in Canada. Christina, do you have any questions for Dr. Will or any comments? based on what we've been talking about so far.
4: Did you uh, ask?
8: Of course she does.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Hilaire. Hello, hello,
8: Christina. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, so my, my engagement is really um, a comment, and yes. it follows what was said about um, men and how they have friendships with other men yes. and the manner in which those friendships tend to play out. Yeah. A big part of the issue that um, a lot of my male friends have expressed to me um, is that when they're in crisis and they say to their friends, you know, I'm having a problem with my wife or my girlfriend or whatever, um, it's usually a slap on the back. They pour them some more rum and that's the end <laughs> of the discussion. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, female friends actually play a very important role yeah. for men in seeking um, intimacy in terms yeah. of platonic yeah. intimacy. And therefore, um, I find it very sad because I really am of the view that men support men in a way that women simply cannot. Yes. Right. Right. But yes. for a lot of men, that's just not possible because their social circles don't allow that. Oh, yes. So what we tend to find is, um, you know, that the importance of friendships with women that are not sexual, um, sexual in nature, that they're right. very platonic, but they provide that intimate space. Right. for me, I've I've been in that position where a lot of my male friends have come to me with um with their problems and they're very, very forthcoming with information and you can see the pain and you can see the depth of feeling that society tells men that they're not capable of and to me that's a serious issue. Yes.
4: Yes, Mm. yes, yes. But of course you you have special skills, Christina. Right. I mean you have special. But you you might be better
1: equipped, yeah.
4: I mean, because you have a background in psychology and counseling. In fact, that's what you're studying now, I mean, at a post level. So does that kind of put you in a kind of exceptional category in terms of your capacity to help and to connect?
8: Um, I'm not sure. I think it's a, it's part of the female condition that we, the women have been socialized to relate and yes. uh, to foster relationships and to look after the emotional health of others. Right. So perhaps my skill is probably at the level of a nine, but most women are somewhere between say a six and an eight right because of the fact that we are socialized to build relationships and to connect and to right take care of others so right even for other women i know who are not studying psychology like i am right we can see that where they will talk about their male friend who is having a problem and you know they're very concerned for that person right because women are are built to socialize in that way whereas men are not and i think that very big part of the societal problem. Right. And that it lands on these poor hapless men who are in pain and crisis. Right. And right. They have nowhere to turn. And therefore, in a, in some of those cases, a lot of those cases of murder, suicides that we see, that's where that's playing out. It's playing out in right. violence. Oh, because boy. There's, just no, there's no preemptive intervention. To
4: help.
8: Right. 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 Because, in fact, it is said,
4: and I mean, I know this is a gross oversimplification. That women tend to be, to, I mean, women tend to focus more on communication and men more on control. I mean, yeah. Is that the sort of dynamic you see playing out, I mean, at some level between the gender? Yeah. Christina?
8: Yes, definitely.
1: Okay. And
8: um, the other thing, too, is that men tend to fare worse in the breakup of emotional relationships or like really? in relationships. Yes, they do. And the reason for that is because when a man is in an intimate relationship, Yes. The, it, in a very hetero, um, heterosexual sort of context, right? right? So let's put that disclaimer there.
0: Right.
8: But heterosexual men in um, relationships with their partners tend to rely on her as the primary means of gaining emotional support.
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And therefore, okay. the
8: loss of that relationship is not just a loss of companionship, available sexual partner, and all of that. Right. It scars him in a very deep way because there is no. Emotional support right. for yeah. that, that he just lost his emotional right. support. So women tend to have better support systems around them. Right. For that reason, we tend to fare better.
4: Right, right, right. Well, on that note, I want to bring back in Peter. Peter Weller. What can we men do to better build, you know, these support mm-hmm. networks? I mean, what can we do in practical, practical ways? What can me and client <laughs> do? Get cool. And do?
0: <laughs> Get more female eh? friends.
7: Well, yes, that too, but I mean, for each other. Peter? I think your your call has made some excellent points, especially that final one that speaks to the fact that men can become very dependent on women and their intimate relationships and their loss, therefore, cuts in a different way. Yes. Um, So all of this we need to be aware of, especially as we are now in the 16 Days to End Violence Against Women. Which yeah. um, is now over the next couple of weeks, and is a, it's a very important time to put a focus on the dynamics of man woman things. Yeah. Um, especially when they don't work out, but also yeah. focusing on when things do work out and why they work well. Yeah. So, having said that, um, I think that, you know, we began with me mentioning the attempt to have a Caribbean male action network right. and to bring men together to talk about just these things.
4: Right.
7: Many men do not see this as a priority they in fact feel safer going back to that space where they didn't have to be emotional they could right. just be the protector and all of this stuff is opening up way too much vulnerability right so the first thing we have to understand is that this is this is not an easy thing to address right especially with men who are in their 20 30 40 up age right Yes. So, part of what we need to do is to keep the discussion and keep the conversation going. Yes. But we need to target our young men. And we okay. are already mm. finding that there is significant change among the young men, especially in the Caribbean. Yes. But something I wanted to mention earlier that I need to, to put in here is that yes. with any change, is going to be some kind of backlash. Yes. So, yes. what is happening is that as some young men are beginning to be more open to sharing their feelings and sensitive and aware, even while they are still challenged by being competitive and being in control. There are those who are pushing back and saying that that's too feminine. And they need yeah. to get there. Yeah. Take back control, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we, we, we have to understand that dynamic that our young men are facing. But he mm-hmm. asked what to do. We need to keep the conversation going. Okay. We need to engage men where they are. So the conversation right. we need to be initiated in the spaces where men gather. Whether it's the workplace, in their religious organization, in their sports organization. We need to find ways to seed this process. And unfortunately, most times these conversations only start when there's some media hype on crisis. Peter,
4: Peter, I want uh, to let you know that, I mean, yeah, the skeptics is firmly in that corner. I mean, if there's anything that you think that we can do to support this process, we're happy to do it.
7: Well, start we to talk about some, some more focused topics and, and ways in which we can kind of engage people in the conversation. Because, you know, in okay. our know, we'll work with Caraman, when we bring men together, once we get them together, man, it's amazing the conversation and the sharing that takes place. Okay. It totally okay. belies what we say about men not willing to share their feelings. We okay. do, but we have to feel safe. Safe, as, safe. As okay. one man said some time ago, when you, you, we men perform for men. Forget about women. We perform yes. for men. What okay. we do is to make sure other men see us yes. a certain way. Yes. Right. And, and therefore, you don't want to put any blood in the water because some of those men are sharks. Right. yes yes, so yes, yes. yes, of, yes. Of any kind of vulnerability or revelation of our weakness, yes. and therefore we hold it together. But once we create a space for these conversations, right. it's amazing what happens. The challenge, the however, is to sustain that process. Okay. And I think that is where yeah, the skeptics could possibly help and where I'd want you to be thinking. How do we okay, create okay. spaces that are not moments in yes. movement?
4: Yes. Well, we're on that page. Peter, I have a question to, for you from, from our chat room, from my wife, Alison Ermin Zobos. And she's asking you to talk about social media and intimacy. And I'd also love to get Christina's view on that as well after you're done, Peter. So go ahead.
7: Alright, that's a very complicated one which I have been thinking about, but certainly don't have all the answers. I okay. think that there are a number of pieces that we need to look at. Yes. One is that social media reveals a lot of very intimate information without much communication. Ah communication right. back and forth. Yes. Part of the reason for that is that social media deals with tweets and short emoticons, etc., that have no nuances, no detail, yes. no substance. And I've found in my private practice, just recently, I've become aware that when sometimes men will tell me that they were talking to their wife, or women will tell me they were talking to their partner or whatever. Right. And I assumed it was a verbal, live conversation. They were talking about texts. And- uh-huh. Yes. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. so
7: what I assumed were some of the, the, the affective, dynamic processes that should have been involved were not there because they couldn't see the expressions.
3: Yes. They could not
7: hear the tone of voice.
3: Right. So that
7: is another issue with social media, where people think they are communicating, but in fact they are just sharing information. Ah, yeah. okay. Uh, yes. So now when you combine that with the deeper issues that they are putting out there, nude pictures of themselves, Yes. Uh, you know, things showing their different preferences and political views, and yet yes. there is no nuanced, detailed, complex conversation going on. Yes. We're going to have a serious challenge. We're breeding a set of people who don't know how to communicate, think yes. they know each other, but really don't know each other. Yes. And there is a lack of authenticity and genuineness that, that is being bred that I think we need to come to terms with. So that would be the, yes. those are the issues I think are key. Yes, yes.
3: Christina? Yes.
7: Any thoughts?
8: Yes. yes, yes, yes. Ditto to every single thing he just said. Yes. Because at the end of the day, when you're attempting to have a relationship with someone um, yeah. and people, and I use that term kind of loosely as well, because as we know, there's this whole business of, um, you know, friends on Facebook, yeah. which is yeah. really somebody who w- watches your um, your timeline and, you know, like right. things and stuff like that. Intimacy is way more than that. And it actually requires effort. And yeah. so right. not requires that much effort, that much thought that much consideration for the impact of your words and deeds on others. But us.
4: surely social media can be used as a tool for deepening intimacy. And I mean, I'm asking the question. Yeah, this
1: this, this is what I was going to ask as well. You know? So I'm not exactly a millennial, but I have, you know, in my generational thing, to the extent that you know, for, for, for a particular demographics in society, it is possible to at least initiate a relationship Social media, uh, before meeting in person, and then use social media to sustain it, because well, of whatever yes. kind of circumstances, whether long distance or whatever.
4: Or perhaps yeah, to reveal personal that you wouldn't feel comfortable doing face to
8: face. No, I will. Yes. Dis- I will self-disclose here. Okay, yes. I'm yes. in a relationship with someone I met online. Right. Okay, we uh-huh. live together now. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. so it is possible, and I just just to be clear, I have no issue with. Um, The fact that social media gives you access to people you would not otherwise have met. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's actually a very different kind of thing because it's possible to simultaneously have um, relationships with people online um, or friendships with people online and never really get to know who that person is other than what that person is willing to To reveal and Photoshop and put up. It's right, a, <laughs> a image. Someone's representative or image rather than right. a human yes. being. And yes. to me, those things are two very different issues, right? But the,
1: the, the same thing can occur when you're lying down to the same person year after year after year. You just never know.
8: Well, this is true, but here's the thing. Intimacy yeah. is one of those things that requires work. So when people say that relationships require work, They're talking about the building and sustenance uh, sustenance of intimacy.
1: Right. Okay.
8: All the rest of it are things that, you know, are kind of an offshoot of that. Yeah, Yeah. To really know someone requires a commitment of time Uh and Uh energy and genuine interest
7: in that person. Yes. And digital credit. And digital credit. Okay. (laughs) Peter, your time. I, I would add to that because... Ditto again with all she has said, but hear this now. Yes. One of the realities about relationships is that relationships are really between two people. Uh Uh-huh. Traditionally, they have been between two tribes, two villages, two families, two networks. Yes. Social media does not allow that. Yes you do not get to know somebody until you bring them into your space and other eyes are on them and you go into their space and see who else is in their space. Yes. And that is a very important and unexamined, I think, component of intimacy and relationships. We Mm. keep thinking that intimacy is a one-on-one thing. Yes. But you get, you see me and come live with me. Two different things. Yeah, but you don't have to come live with me. You can come and see where I live.
4: Right, yes. And if you
7: come and see where I live and I come and see where you live, that is a dimension to this relationship building and intimacy. That is very important that you do not get into social media. You may look and see who their friends are. You can go on Facebook and see who their friends are and make some assumptions. But that doesn't really tell you about the person. So, you know, when you talk about the fact that social media may be an introduction to somebody, but whether you can really develop the depth of a relationship, Via social media is another story. If you don't uh-huh. come and see me and let me come and see you, and then we can yeah. decide if we can live together, yeah. And even then, right. it might be a different thing, but at least you have a better chance. Well, yes. yes. all I right, I'm going to
1: just ask a quick question. I want Dr. Willa and then Christina to, to um, address it. Okay. Websites it's like Match.com and Eat Harmony claim that they actually are psychologists to come up with the, the, the different relationship uh, parameters and metrics that they use to match people over and over and over. Now, if, if this is happening, then isn't there in a way some kind of substance or, or to uh, these social platforms that, that you know, try to get people to meet each other from different social circles and so on, because they, they, apparently there's some kind of science behind it as well. They, they have employed psychologists and psychotherapists to come up with the parameters and the metrics. So what are some of your thoughts on that, uh, Dr. Willard and then Christina?
4: And before you come in, I just want to add that there's a TV show that I've seen called Married at First Sight. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which,
4: which kind of, which kind of, I think, you know, is, is, goes, is along the lines of what Clive is saying. But anyway, go, go ahead, Peter and then Christina.
7: That's taking it to the ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> no match. Let me let's let's be very clear. There, there, there are multiple psychological theories and, 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 and assessment techniques that can be used to identify people and profile them, and therefore yes. predict who might be able to get on with who. Yes. So, I have no problem with what Match.com etc. are trying to do, and I believe there's some sense to support it. Yeah. But as we said, Simeon come live with me are two different things. So I can say all the right things on a, on a, on a test that matches me with a, a, a woman. Yeah. But when I see what her family dynamics are like and her culture and she sees mine, everything yeah. might change. Right, so, right. So, you know, I, I, I really, it, it might be a start, and it's certainly an improvement over sharing tweets with each other and then deciding to go to bed and then right. waking up and realizing that this is not what we want. You know? Yeah. So it is an improvement, but it is it is not a, it's not a magical prescription. Yeah. Um, yes. So we, you know, the technology is there, and we need to learn to use it and not yes. to abuse it. Yeah. Yes. Christina. I
8: agree. The the one thing I would say is that um, culture is also, I mean, within group differences, right? So we could be from the same culture, but yes. our cultures are completely different. Yes. And they're not because someone seems similar to you in a lot of um, key areas means that they're necessarily a good fit for you. Right, um, right. Yeah. The, there is the idea that, um, you know, that, that as, as um, Dr. Willow is saying, there are many, many different schools of thought on how people get together and stay together. Right. And, um, social media, in my view, is really just a means of getting access to people you would not otherwise have met. And the rest of it is really based on individual circumstances right. but there's something that he said earlier that yes. I really would like to, to comment on um, when, when Dr. Willow was saying that people in relationships or traditionally relationships are supported by their communities right. um, we are, there was a study I was reading last week that looked at um, domestic violence in the South Asian community here in the lower mainland of British Columbia
0: Yes. <laughs> but
8: it said it was titled It's a Man's Problem
3: Okay. And the reason
8: was because um, there it was identified that young male um, Indian immigrants were having very serious problems um, acculturating, and yes. as a result of that, they became batterers of their wives. Okay. And what happened was that older men in the community realized that, listen, we have got to get involved to support these young men and their marriages, because yes. at the end of the day... They don't have the skills because we never taught them those skills. And now that we as the elders in the community have a different way of being in a relationship, we yes. now must support them. So the idea of men supporting men yes. and um, the kind of support that men can give other men is yes. something that really just stood out for me in that study. And I just wanted to share that, that yes, it is yeah. A, yeah. a marriage or a relationship really is the coming together of um, all facets of each other's lives. They integrate yeah. And therefore, elders have a very important function. Yes, Um, they do. Same-sex peer group has a very important function in supporting a relationship. Yes. And I totally agree with what Dr. Weller has said, that in social media engagement, it's very hard to have that kind of support. Quite so. Because you really don't know who your your partner's friends are.
4: Absolutely. We have to go to a
8: break. We have to go to a break. But I want to bring back um
4: Dr. Weller on this and Christina, and I certainly would like to when we come back, I'd like to ask you your views on the impact of culture on intimacy. I mean to what extent does 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 culture shape you know or influence the ways in which we choose to be intimate or not, as the case may be Clive,
0: yes
1: very much today um, we're going to another quick break right now for those of you who are in the chat room we see your questions and we're encouraging you to call in as well Shani, we want to hear from you Alison I just saw your question to ask uh um, take that question up once we get back from the break stay tuned to the other Radio. this is company Segundo with Guanane stay
0: tuned Quiero pronunciar tu nombre, tu recuerdo me hace llorar Tú no recuerdas que con tus besos y tus caricias me hacía temblar Y por eso yo me he buscado otro cariño que quiero igual Y por eso yo me he buscado otro cariño que quiero igual Tú tienes celos muchachas, eso no lo oculte más La gente se está mirando... ...y ven que no aguanta más... te dirán que tienes mi negra... ...Guananei... 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 tiene mi negra... ...Guananei... ...tú tienes doño moño virado... ...y la bendita es tirá... ...cuando yo te dé un besito todo se te pasará para que no te digan que tiene Guananei 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 tiene mi negra Guananei
1: We are having a very intimate discussion uh, this Sunday on money and intimacy, and you know quite some insightful views. Earlier, we had Owen Blacker Ellis, Jamaican humorist, poet, comedian, and documentarian, and now we're talking to Dr. Peter Weller, psychologist and founder of the Caribbean Man, which is the Caribbean Male Action Network, as well as Christine, who is graduating. In psychology, we've been talking to, um, you know, both, both in the past, you know, quite a few minutes, and we, we tried it on social media and it seems that at social media has been taking a battery from both Christina and <laughs> based based on what I'm hearing, and and it it would appear as if, you know, the, the, the traditional methods of communication, which is face to face, you know, are are will all be referred to as real communication or, or real life, and I, I think we run into problems because, as Dr. Weller pointed out, he has been in sessions where people have told him that they were talking to their partner, might have been arguing, and it was all that text message.
0: So in other yeah. words,
1: people, people who use these channels of communication don't see a distinction between. Social media and real life, quote unquote, real life.
4: Right, class, you're we, breaking up again. You're breaking
1: up okay, again. Okay, right. So, so I, was saying, I was saying there might be a danger in drawing a distinction between the communication which happens on social media and what, what people, quote unquote, call real life communication because, for all intents and purposes, it's all real life. You know, people yeah, Clive, have broken.
7: It's all real life. It's all it's real life. life. Yeah. But, you, but we have to understand the, the the impact and the quality of it. There are limitations. Yes. Um, You know, there are benefits, as some people have told me, when they text and, and message in an interaction, they don't have to deal with the whole long story and the attitude and stuff. They just stick to the facts. Right. Yes, but unfortunately, in communication and relationship, facts are not all, and real right. facts are not all. So... Right. There is a need to understand this complexity, and let me let me hear. Sorry, you know, Clive, you used an example. I think it was you who said something about you initiate something on online, and then you meet yes. later, and it you know um, the the problem is that we have a generation of young people coming up who think that everything can be done online. Yes, I believe they they yes. initiation, the deepening, and everything oh, can be yes. done online, and they oh, don't yes. understand what is missing in the quality of their relationships. Yes. They don't even understand that a phone call. Is, is also a better quality interaction than a text message, even if you don't do face-to-face. Right. Because at least right. on a phone call, you're hearing pauses, you're hearing inflection, right. et cetera, et cetera. So we need to understand the importance of all of this. And you know, the topic for today is intimacy. So yeah. we're talking about intimacy as it relates to establishing rapport, establishing a sense of, of authenticity, of, of yes. understanding each other, et cetera, yes. even before you get into any other, of the other levels of intimacy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is all about culture. So, I mean, what Hilaire was, was mentioning before we went to the break, yes. the, this is all about our culture and how our culture is evolving. Yes. And that evolution is, is, is a kind of, it's, it's, it's bridging over a lot of the other cultural dynamics of race and ethnicity, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera, because these because this technology is, is spanning everybody. You know, it's yes. not unique to any particular race or ethnic group. It's just yeah. that when they interact with the race and the ethnic group and the income level, you're going to get different permutations coming off. Most definitely.
4: <laughs> so, definitely. I mean, we have, a,
7: we have a lot of work to do to understand how we're going to build. Um, well,
4: this thing is more complicated than I thought, you know, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah. Well, tricky well,
7: is yeah. And
4: Yes. <laughs> Christina, you had a views on the whole question of culture. I mean, as a as a as a as a kind of you know factor influence as it relates really to to um, to intimacy and, and after that Clive is going to bring in Alison's
8: question Christina yeah. Yes I do I have a lot of opinions about that
0: <laughs>
8: First of all um just to to contextualize it by sharing Yes um when I moved from Jamaica to Canada it was really interesting to me that um the way that Canadian men engaged or did not engage with women is oh. uh, very fascinating because in Jamaica and in, in the Caribbean and in other parts of the world, men will attempt a face-to-face interaction with you. They see you somewhere and they like usually like how you look. Right. will so, um, attempt to engage you in conversation. Here yeah. in Canada, which is very interesting, is that um, most of those engagements tend to happen over social media. They don't. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no real. You know, a man, a man has never approached me. Um, you know, just outside our boat. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I wondered if at one point I was ugly in Canada. So well, I, I uh-huh. can't
1: tell you. Afraid, I'm afraid, man. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, so, so so that is a part of it. But the the other thing that I've heard of men here in Canada is that Canada has a, a, an extensive idea of what comes as sexual yeah. assault. Yes. Yeah. A lot of men come from cultures where the, the, their men's approach would be seen as aggressive here in Canada.
4: Yeah. You're breaking up a little bit, Clive. Sorry to right. Tell you.
1: So I was saying, you know, the, the, the way that you might have learned to approach a woman in your culture, if you are, for instance, from one of the areas in the global south, might yes. be considered too aggressive here in Canada. So as a result, you just stay silent.
8: Yes, but again, the, the fact that people are silent but still would like connection right. means that there's a heavy, a heavier reliance on social media yes. as an initial point of contact. Yes. yes. Other cultures where people engage with you face to face, so there yes. is that kind of cultural engagement. What does it also have to do with fear of rejection? Because
4: Rejected in other words,
3: yes. if I
8: send you also a message on
4: social media, well, you know, you don't respond, you don't respond, but it's quite a different thing. Whereby, you know, you. Make a move. I mean, I remember as a teenager. I mean, it was the most nerve-wracking exercise to walk up to a woman at a at a party and ask her to dance, not knowing whether yes. it's going to be here or there. And and,
1: and and women women can be so insensitive sometimes. What you mean don't it, it. brutal? You mean brutal? You know, you know what you mean, I mean? Brutal. I mean, tell you. You, <laughs> if I could, if they could know how much courage it takes to do something like that, I <laughs> think you just shoot on the guy. You shoot him down in the most yes. dismissive way. Yes.
8: Well,
1: well, I go, go. I
8: always, I have always gone for the easy letdown. I would just like to say that.
3: Okay.
8: it must have taken a lot of courage. Yes. To come over and approach some random girl, especially yes. with her friends, and Lord of her mercy. Her in that manner. I'm. A, I, I get it. I do, and I okay. and I do sympathize. Okay. However, oh. I, that. Um, I do think that um, there are other ways in which cultural interference can um, damage relationships or help uh, or hinder the yes. building of intimacy. Yes. So, for example, you know, if you come from a culture where people are less expressive, yes, uh, and you are with a partner who comes from a culture where people are more expressive, yes, um, you know. For example, I have seen couples where one person is from a Nordic tradition that tends to be very stiff upper lip. You know, right. you tend your emotions are very muted. Right. Um, in a relationship with somebody who's from Latin America, where it's very, oh, yeah. very um, overt, all of your right. emotions all the time. Yeah. And that causes friction. And, you know, one person is feeling that they're being overwhelmed by the other. And right. the other party is feeling that there's some kind of withdrawal. Right. And you know, the quality of the intimacy that they actually both really want to build uh-huh, uh-huh. being compromised by the different ways in which culture is playing out in that relationship. So even yeah. in a face-to-face engagement where, you know, yes, you the social media element is now taken out of it, there is the fact that different societies approach the building and, and maintenance of intimacy in two totally different ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: So we have two quick questions in the chat room. We have two questions from Alison. The first question is um, can we construct relationships that will endure really hard times if we don't have intimacy so that's the first question you know yeah. Is it possible to have a relationship that can survive the hard times when there's no intimacy and the second question is, and this is something that Alison has been saying for quite some time now yeah. Jamaican men really don't like women, and by that, what she means is you know a- a- apart from seeing women as you know potential partners or sexual conquests. Men aren't real Jamaican men aren't really interested in forming friendships with men. What do our guests think about that? Is that is that something that you've noticed? Is it something that you think is true? Is it something that you might have experienced in the past? Jamaican men just aren't interested in forming regular friendships with women. So um, the first question was is it possible to have a relationship that can survive the hard times without intimacy? And whether or not you think, the second question, whether or not you think that Jamaican men are actually really and truly interested in forming platonic
7: yeah. friendships with women. All right, so I, I'm going to have to leave shortly but let me, let me yeah. try and share some thoughts on the two. Yes. Yeah. You know, if Two people or two entities are invested in some outcome, are enough invested in an outcome. Yes. That is a certain kind of intimacy. Yes. And it will weather the hard times. It's not the kind of intimacy we've been talking about in terms of relationships and shared yes. views and stuff. It's just that both of us will win if this thing happens. Yes. And in a way, that is where intimacy. Um, in terms of male-female relationships, used to be based, used to be situated in two families yes. needing to, to build an empire or, or have farmlands adjacent to each other right. in order to succeed, and therefore you worked to make that happen. You didn't leave right. right. a relationship because your intimacy needs, sexual, emotional, weren't being met. Right. You needed to make sure that farm could expand that territory. Property, so, yes, progeny, and
4: mm-hmm.
7: There you go, (laughs) go. and that was enough reason for intimacy on all levels. Yeah. So the point is that yes, you know, without the kinds of relationships can last without the kind of intimacy we are talking about, if there is some shared objective that's going to give a win-win. So that's a simplified, a very simplified answer to that. With regard to Jamaican men, you know, I don't, I try not to generalize about people. So I know a lot of Jamaican men who have. Platonic women, their best friends are women, much to their wives' chagrin, etc. Yeah. Um, and I, so I know it does exist. I don't yes. think as 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 a culture in Jamaica, I do not think that the idea of friendship with women is promoted.
0: Right. You are not. Yes. You are
7: never given permission to do that. In fact, yes. if you have friendships with women, it is seen as suspect. It means that you yes. couldn't do better. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And in fact, yes. it is only after you have shown that you can do better that you may then be allowed yes, to man. have friendships with women. Yes, your so reputation again, has been salvaged. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm afraid that, that it is true to a certain extent, but I, I, I would say it is because of culture.
0: Right. And
7: of course, culture can change.
0: Yes, um, yes.
7: So I know a lot of young men now who have very good platonic relationships with women. Yeah. Um, and that that either were sexual or have never been sexual, and so I think things are changing. But a lot of it has to do with this permission to be platonic.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And we need to
7: promote that permission to be platonic, even if after platonic stages may become intimate a sexual later on. But platonic should be good enough. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
7: I think it's right. possible, Any thoughts
1: on you know? that, Christina? Oh, you have yeah. now, Dr. Weller?
7: Yeah, I'm going to have to, to, to leave Peter, for this. thank time, you
4: very much for joining thank us. You very mean, much. And, and we're going to be in touch with you as to how we can extend this conversation, you know, in the in the medium to long term,
7: because I think it's so very important. Excellent. Well, there's a lot going on in our region that we need to have conversations about. Yes. And Conversations don't have to require conversion. Yes, yes, quite so. They can simply lead to intimacy, huh? Yes, yeah,
4: quite so. Quite
7: oh, all, so. Right. all right. All right, sorry, have a good day, so. Dr. Miller. All the best, man. Right? Yeah. So, so
1: Christina, know Christina, as as I mentioned uh, when when I introduced Christina, Christina is one of my friends, and um, I think she's one of the persons. Well, she is one of the persons I can have a heart to heart conversation with, as yes. we have done in the past. Now, do you find Christina that, a men, generally, generally from your experience? are willing to have this kind of friendship with Jamaican women?
8: Actually, yeah. And yes, that's, that's actually the only point that um, Dr. Wella and I disagree on. Everything he said prior about uh, can a relationship be sustained in the long term without intimacy, I yes. 100% endorse, percent endorse everything he said. Yes. My yes. concern is as it relates to... Um, the idea that Jamaican men cannot have platonic relationships with women. Yes. My experience has been the complete opposite of that. Some of my closest friends in life have been men. For yes. a long time, my best friend was male. Yes. Um, I have been in relationships with men whose best friends were female, and it was never an issue. Yes. So I, I'm not sure if maybe um, it's generational, because yes. you know, I, you know, there is that view that among older men that your friends should be male and you know, right. that if you're a female friend, there's probably something going on. Right. But right. In my experience and the experience of other uh, people in my peer group, we right. do have platonic um, friendships with people of the opposite sex.
3: Right. Because yeah. okay, so so I'm so wondering about that, whether there's a
8: generational element to it. Because, yeah. Clive, I mean, you're, me, you're, about me, half a me, gen- you're about
4: three-quarter generation behind me.
1: Yeah. I'm um, we'll a generation, or really, behind me. I mean,
4: hope you find it. Huh?
1: <laughs> <Nothing. there? laughs> Nothing. No, but not So in my situation, it was kind of contextual. In, yeah. in other words, I, I started to have a lot of female friends only when I went to UA. Okay. So prior to that, um, I didn't really have a lot of female friends. Uh, you know, I went to Calabar High School, which is all male. So a lot of my friends were, were other boys who attended in Calabar High School. And in the community where I grew up, You know, whenever we were playing and so on, it was always boys. It was always us boys.
3: Uh, On occasion,
1: we'd have our youth club meeting with um, girls. But, you know, other than that, no kind of real interaction in a a range of different social settings. It was only when I went to the University of the West Indies that I started to accumulate female friends and, and, you know, substantial relationships as well, you know, really good female friends that, that... never blossomed into anything romantic or anything like that. Right. Friends, you know, and, and that happened primarily because uh, well, I was in the humanities and the ratio of women to men was maybe like for, for every two men you had eight women. Yeah.
5: Especially yeah. in the
1: humanities.
5: Yeah. So, so yeah. what happened
1: was that um, a lot of my friends just by sheer consequence yeah, man, and circumstances man. Yeah, they're just end up being women.
4: Right, right. So, so to put it in very crude terms, you, you're up taking shit, man.
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you <laughs> crass,
1: you crash, man. You.
0: <laughs> but All that's right, something
1: that 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 men, um, you know, have have to deal with, right? Uh, you know, is 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 tricky because um, on on the one, hand, you want male friends, right? you but when you do get these male friends, and, and Dr. Bella mentioned it, you, you end up in this kind of competition paradigm where you're trying to do things to please other men. I spent so much years of my life trying to do that shit. You know, where, yeah. um, you, 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 I remember in, in high school, you know, some of these guys would brag about their sexual conquests. Yeah. And I never had any stories, but, you know, I just decided to fabricate one. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because you don't want this pee left out. Fine, right? You know, I right. I never have no girlfriend during, during my whole time at high school. I yeah. never had one girlfriend that I could seriously call a girlfriend. But I, I kind of had a relationship, but it existed exclusively phone, and I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm
1: I'm not sure if that to be considered a relationship by uh, Christina's standard.
4: Actually I have I to either. give you the story. I have to draw the story before before we bring it, Christina. The <laughs> Story of me at Woolworths, Okay. Now <laughs> me at Woolworths. now I had I had platonic friends from the time I was a teenager, from thirteen, yeah. fourteen, fifteen. Unlike my uh my my, my, my contemporaries at Wilmers who um who did not. And I'll never forget. I mean, these are guys, you know, because, you know, every, every boys' school, you know, break time, man is there boasting about their latest exploits and what they did with that girl and how much girl they have and blah, 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 you know, conquest. Yeah. And I remember one sports day. I must have been in third or fourth form. I had a very, very good friend. Um, I'll never forget Sharon Forbes. We were just friends. We used to just talk on the phone and thing and... And Sharon was at Alpha and she decided to come to Sports Day. So I was the only person in my peer group, only person walking around in the company of a female. Right. And of course all I mean I was getting whistles and hoots and applause from my contemporaries. All of them with plenty mouth. But not I was the only one. Right. And 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 and, and they thought she was my girlfriend and she wasn't. She was just a friend, yeah. and I mean, you know, that was it. But and I just thought I'd throw that in, Christina. Oh yes. my goodness! I want to know um, from you whether you had a similar experience as Clive, whether or not you have, um, you know, whether whether you 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 had more, you know, platonic friendships after you you went to university, or whether you know you you started from before. What was your trajectory like?
8: You know, I was thinking about that as Clive was talking. Yes. Um. I have always had male friends, as long yes. as I can remember. I've always yes, had yes. male friends. I've always enjoyed the company of men, um, you know, I, which is why I come back to not all men are horrible people. Men are people too. And the mm. reason I'm able to sympathize with the male condition is really because I have a lot of friends who are male, and I always yes. have. Um, yes. I, post, post-secondary school, I am assuming that, um, you know, when I think about it, my, the number of male friends that I had increased. Right. But I always had friends who were male. And yes. which is why, I'm, you know, to come to the question Alison had actually asked, which is, um, do Jamaican men, you know, have issues with women or is it that Jamaican men don't like women? I have found um, a very interesting thing where uh, my male friends would be very protective of me and very sweet to me, but some of them treated their partners quite horribly. And for me, yes. it really is a very nuanced type of situation and I'm not getting on that soapbox today right that's all about maternal enmeshment and a whole lot of other issues yes. yes but I have noticed that um when when a man and a woman have a friendship yes but the way he treats his female friend yes. is almost like his sister
4: right that's for, true
8: right so you it's almost like he doesn't see you as a sexual being right Beyond a certain point, as in, like, yes, you have sex with other people.
3: Right, but right, right. The
8: attraction to you fades, and it tends to be more about um, a brother sister type engagement. So, he's right. love you and will intervene if another man hurts you. That's correct. Right? So, That's in that correct. sense, I think um, what, what may be a more interesting discussion is really around why it is that men construct different female roles so differently. That's actually right. the question that has raised for me. Okay. Yes. Okay.
4: Okay. Okay. Definitely right. take it m- That's
8: m- on board. Before you continue,
1: there, Bobby just called in. We just have a few minutes. Left. I'm going to put Bobby in live. Bobby, you made a comment in the chat room just now. Tell us about that comment and 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 what prompted that comment. Go ahead, Bobby.
9: Actually, because I think that uh, people assume that gay men have a lot more, have a lot easier than heterosexual guys. But actually, yes. it's I think it's deeper because. A lot of gay men are connected to the church, and they see themselves as deviant, and they actually – they don't allow themselves to get close to anybody because they don't want to, first of all, uh, disappoint themselves in their relationship to their God, yeah. or they don't want the family to know. So actually, the the less closeness that they have, the better they Uh feel, and that's especially within the black. Now, the white community, I don't know. I know within the black community, that's that's the issue.
1: Right. Right. Yes, 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 yes. And, yes. and how, how how do they break out of that eventually? Because you, you, the the point that you raised just now about um, the fact that a lot of these gay men are inside the church and and somehow I, I I don't know. You need to tell me whether or not they're using the church as a kind of cover. Is it is it that um because I, I am thinking it's one of two things. They're either using the church as a cover, or um, they have. Kinda internalized idea where even though society rejects them, Jesus accepts them, so they remain in the church. Which is it?
9: Well, yeah, I guess I agree with you to a certain extent. But yes, they. I, I don't think any of them ever come to res- resolution with their lives. A lot of them actually live and die alone because okay. they always feel like they don't want to go to hell. So bottom line is they're not gonna allow themselves to get too close to anybody. That's a serious
4: line in a body. That's a very I'm sorry? serious bottom line. <laughs> right, bottom
9: right. Line. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, I, unfortunately, I think that's why a lot of black gay men are single and probably will remain single as long right. as they re- remain a part of the church. Because, actually, there are a few affirming churches, but for the most part, they are yes. not.
3: They are not. So, they yes. are okay. actually,
9: I have friends who have been in the church all their lives, and they actually have never, ever had a partner. Okay, right.
4: well, Bobby, does that mean I just want to be, I just want to find out though before we go because we only have a few minutes left whether some of these some of these gay men you know who feel I suppose otherwise repressed in church may uh, not see social media as a way of connecting you know with other gay men you know because I mean uh, it assures you of a measure of anonymity I mean does that happen Bobby?
9: They unfortunately I hate to, I hate to point this out. But a lot of times it's for sexual reasons. It's for, yes. uh, for sex. It's not for actually connecting with somebody who I can have an eternal partner with. It's for yes.
3: sex. Yes. Wow. That's it.
9: yes, yes,
4: yes, 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 yes. Yes, all right. Well, no, that's really interesting. We only have a couple of minutes left. Um, so I'm going to take this opportunity to thank everybody, um, Dr. Peter Weller, um, oil Blocker ellis Christina Fenton, Bobby, all our wonderful listeners and supporters in the chat room. Uh, Clive and I will be back um, in a week's time. We'll let you know what the topic is. But one thing that I'm working on at the moment is to get the input of uh, Cuban, at least one Cuban American, on the death of Fidel Castro to get a sense of the the, the response and, and so on. So that is one thing that we're, I'm trying to line up for grab back. But folks, thank you very much. This has been a really enlightening and most illuminating discussion. Uh, Thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week. Clive?
1: All right. Thank you very much. Signing out for the episode of the Yaris Six Radio Show. This is Perez Prado with Keriko Bambo. (laughs) See you guys next week.
0: Tell hey.